Hello everyone and welcome to Worth Vibe, a brand new interview series for and about sustainability and wellness. My name is Alia Morrow, former creative director turned ecopreneur. Each week I'll be inviting inspiring guests, scientists, fashion designers, writers, speakers, environmental activists to learn, educate and provide necessary conversations to better ourselves and the planet. Find us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and follow us today so you don't miss an episode. Welcome back to Worth Vibe with me, Alia. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I'm pleased to have Lauren Groper with us recently featured as one of the Inc. magazine's top 100 female founders. Lauren Groper is the founder and CEO of Repurpose, the leader in plant-based tableware. She founded Repurpose to extend the disposable lifespans of single-use plastics and reduce waste. Today, Lauren leads Repurpose on its quest to change the world one low-impact cup plate and folk at a time. Here is Lauren Groper on Worth Vibe. Lauren, welcome to Worth Vibe. Thank you so much, Elia. This is so, it's so great to be here. Lauren, let us start as we always do. Do you have some kind of morning routine as a mom and an entrepreneur? How do you like to start your day? I do now. This is more recent, but I've started uh, working out every morning. So <laughs> this is new, but started kind of really because of COVID. And being able to work from home, we used to go into an office, but now we're all remote. So I take that time in the morning that I would otherwise be commuting and I work out, which has been amazing. I, I used to squeeze it in kind of when I could, but now it's like my morning ritual. So I feel very proud of myself that I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually doing it. It's about three months in, but so far I'm feeling a lot better overall just from working out every day. Well, tell me, what was it like managing in a work and kids during the pandemic? That was definitely a challenge, um, to say the least. I think I have two young kids, two girls, one who is was in second grade, now in third grade, and another one that was not even in preschool. She was like 18 months at the time. So it was just a bit of mayhem and it's been tough on everybody, but I think especially for moms, it's just trying to juggle your kids on Zoom with the barely know how to do Zoom and you're on Zoom and all the food, all the meals, it, it becomes a bit overwhelming. So it was t a complete juggle fest, but luckily, you know, I've got support and my husband and we have a nanny, which is amazing. So it, that was like incredible. I mean, I don't know how people did it like my daughter's teacher right now. Yeah, without the help. She's, she's a teacher, so she would actually have to do the teaching on the Zoom, and her two kids were also had to be on Zoom, so she literally could not be with them, and they had no help. And her husband was also at home on Zoom, so everybody's in, like, trying to get some quiet and some space in a small space trying to do it. It's crazy. The pandemic has been, you know, so hard on all parents, whilst we finally you know, see some hopeful sign, eventual end of COVID-19, at least the new normal that's coming. I think there's going to be like a long lasting impact like the last year, right? One thing for us is that we're now totally remote. So we, we have like a small office, but we used to, you know, all go to this office every day and it's really working out well for us to be able to, I never thought it could, <laughs> I really never thought it could. But it's working out extremely well. I mean, there are challenges, specific challenges, 
especially for us when we're sort of developing new products, you have to touch them and feel them and be in a physical space together. So that we do, but most everything else can be done virtually. So that has opened up. I mean, as a mom, it's just, it's a very nice. Yeah. I feel the same way too. It's kind of in a way it's great actually to have this opportunity to work from home, especially when you're a mom, you get to do so many things. And plus I think you get to work with people across the pond and just kind of opens up so many new opportunities, right? Yeah. We used to have to fly, for example, I used to have to fly, which also is not sustainable at all to have to fly. I used to have to fly across the country for like a one hour meeting, which I'm embarrassed to say I did, but I had, I had to. So much flying that's so unsustainable. I mean, I don't think that's coming back, thankfully. So, you know, for some of these meetings that were literally an hour and you'd spend, you know, two days of your life traveling and flying, it's so much more sustainable. So Lauren, you are the founder and CEO of Repurpose, a plant-based tableware. I absolutely love the concept of these products because, you know, we all know that each year there's like tons and tons. I heard that 40 billion utensils are wasted in states alone. You know, after just single use, they're, they're, most of them are thrown out and end up in the landfills and in our waterways, lead to ocean pollutions and global warming, etc. So I would love to learn a little bit about repurpose and your uh, plant-based tableware. I think I had a similar start or sort of a similar journey to yours in that it was because of the industry that I was in and got to see sort of firsthand what was happening that I thought this is just really not sustainable and we have to think about ways to, to change this. So I know you for fashion and beauty, but I was in the design behind the scenes, so architectural design and construction of first it was buildings, hotels, et cetera. And then I started doing film sets and television sets. And when you're on a film set, there are just a lot of, obviously people are there for long days, you're eating, it's everything's disposable. It has to be just because of the nature of being on location. And so you would just see the trash pile up and pile up and pile up day after day after day after day. And it becomes a bit overwhelming to the point that I think because of the background that I have, which is sustainable design, you think about how are products made and what are they made from and how are they disposed of? And so that's the lens that I was sort of using to evaluate this problem. And to me, it became, my mind quickly went to, well, the solution has to be, let's use better materials. Like we can't totally change the system and think of a whole new way to, to kind of manage ourselves on a film set. What if we could just make better products that would degrade, that were made from cleaner materials, that were made from plants that were renewable, etc. And this was 10 years ago. So the technology was still very early days, but it was very exciting to me because I felt like there was such a, a sea change in, in the green building space, like actually people being very interested to go away from these very negative environmental construction and architectural practices and move towards more sustainable design on that side. I just thought, well, then all these other industries are going to follow suit. To me, it was just like, this is the future. This is super clear. We have to make something that is more sustainable like you said, how can you use something for five minutes and then it lasts forever in the environment and goes into the oceans and toxic? I mean, it's just nonsensical. <laughs> so I think it just appeared to me like I, I felt like, oh, we're really onto something. And if we can get out there and get out there early, we can create this brand that people can connect to and really believe in and 
support. And so that was the, that was the whole thesis behind it. Like let's challenge these existing products with new, much more sustainable options. And if we can keep the price as close as possible to what people are used to paying, then it's just such an easy switch. Like people are always looking for ways to make their lives more sustainable. And it can be very daunting as, you know, oh my gosh, climate change and plastic and where do I start? And I can't change my whole life. And so I think what we're trying to offer is a very, like, here's the first step. It's very easy. We're not asking you to change your lifestyle. You can keep your lifestyle, but this has a big impact if everybody were to do this instead. So we sort of like to say, replace it, replace it with repurpose, change just one little thing. It's very easy. And then you're on the, you're on the journey to a more sustainable life. Of course, it makes more sense for everybody just to forget disposable products at all and use reusable products whenever you can. We advocate for that. Absolutely. But there just are times when it's not convenient or you can't or what have you. And so we want to be that solution for those times. Buy less, buy reusables. But then when you really need something disposable, why not use something that will be slightly eco-friendly so it's kind of like a step one to a more sustainable future but it's a huge lifestyle change so sometimes like for example parties it's better than just using uh, like plastic products right so buy something that's uh, completely you know compostable which is kind of right step in the uh, right direction so what first made you interested in creating these, uh, you know, sustainable, eco-friendly products. I know from the film industry, you had some sort of motivation from there, but did you have like environmental influences early on as a child? I did actually. That Thanks for asking that. I was always very interested in sustainability from a very young age. I grew up in Canada. I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, which is a very beautiful city with lots of access to nature. So I was always sort of in nature. And I think just having that exposure really gives you a bit of a different perspective. And so I always sort of felt this kind of connection to nature. And that really led me to want to pursue, I don't know, just more learning, I guess, about you know, the environment and sustainability. And so in high school, we had a lot of that. And that was when I really was turned on to, I guess, solutions, because we were learning about all these problems. And at the time, it was like, the forests are being cut. And we didn't really talk about climate change back then as much. But it was more like, we're wasting our resources. And, you know, the world's being polluted. And how do we have a cleaner world? And so I just got very interested in that and ended up studying uh, environmental studies in college and then went on to study sustainable design in grad school. So it was always kind of the path. I didn't really know, obviously, my goal was not like, oh, I want to make uh, you know, plant-based plates. It was never really my, my goal. It was more about like, how can we use business and design as a tool for change? How can this business have an impact? How can we use this business as a tool? How can we use this like more creative impactful design to to make change in the world so that's sort of it was it was less really about I think the products themselves although obviously it's you know we're all about the products but my driver was more about creating something that would have an impact in the world and doing it through business because I thought that would be an interesting way I mean obviously there's many ways to to make change and 
everyone chooses different routes. You can be an activist, you can work in government, you can, you know, create a business. There's so many different paths, but this one felt very challenging and interesting to me. For our listeners that are looking to, you know, start a business like, uh, you know, to become an entrepreneur like you, um, you know, a, a sustainable business, can you talk about your process of like, how did you get started? Like initially, what was your journey like, you know, creating and growing Repurpose? Well, <laughs> they always say like, if you knew then what you know now, maybe you wouldn't start it, right? I think it it helps to just have a lot of passion and confidence and go for it because it is a challenging road to be an entrepreneur. It's, you know, there's just extreme challenges at every turn. And so you have to have a real, I would say, number one, make sure that you are very passionate about this and that this one, like this is very important to you because you have to make a lot of sacrifices. So starting with your time, you're going to spend a ton of time doing this. You're not going to see your friends as much or your family or whatever, <laughs> because we spend the business. A lot of your money is going to go to it. Um, you know, it's a big sacrifice. And so I think that no, I always say that like, that's number one, like, you know, are you okay with sacrificing quite a bit to, to commit to this because it is just such a huge commitment. It's like, I don't want to compare it to like an Olympic sport because I feel like, you know, <laughs> that's its own challenge, but almost, almost is. And so it's like, are you prepared to live and breathe this? And if you are, and you really feel that committed, then like you're in the right position to do something because you will get whatever needs to be done, done. You will do all the hard work. You will make those sacrifices and you'll make it happen. Um, but that's the driver. You have to have that passion first and foremost. So that's the thing to me. And then, you know, if you're not many times in an entrepreneurial journey, like you're not able to take a salary for a while. Um, it can be years. And so how do you supplement your income? How, you know, do you have, do you have resources? Do you have savings? Do you have, you know, other kind of like side hustles you could maybe do in those early years? Because the reality is, you know, you're not going to make a lot off your startup in the early, early days. You got to pay the bills. <laughs> so I'd say those are kind of the two things. And then third is, you know, be careful about who you choose to work with. Um, I think it's so helpful to have co-founders or partners. I, I wouldn't be here without mine. Um, you know, the to together we've all been able to to make repurpose what it is today but it's kind of like a marriage you know you're signed up and it's there's a you spend more time with this person or these people than probably your real spouse or partner so you know it's a big deal and you want people that share your vision and that are dedicated and willing to make the sacrifices so that's that's hard that's a really hard one but hopefully if they share your passion and vision, it will work out. But there's so many, I can see why like the failure rate is so high because there's just so many obstacles. I hate to be negative. I mean, I still think it's amazing. Everyone should, if you have the passion, 100% do it, don't give up. But it is, it is commitment on all levels. 
Absolutely. It takes a certain type of personality also, I would say, to do this because, you know, it's like you, you start like 10 different ventures, you might actually fail at nine of them and you still keep going. Do you have any tips in terms of like when people go and shop, there's a lot of confusion between biodegradable, natural, you know, compostable. In your own words, can you just explain what the difference is and why it's important for us to know the difference? So in, in California, especially in the US, which is where we're located, there are now laws of what you can and can't say. So I'll kind of walk through how it all works. So saying something is natural is like a little bit of BS. Everything is quote unquote natural. It doesn't really mean anything. And what the laws require now that if you use any kind of eco labeling, that it has to be backed up. So if you say natural, you have to have backup for what you're talking about. And that's such a broad term that I think that's in many cases, you're actually not allowed to put it on the product. Biodegradable versus compostable. Everything is technically biodegradable. So your microphone, this computer, <laughs> it means at some point it will break down, but there's no time frame associated. <laughs> Everything is biodegradable. There's no time frame. And so I think people know that term and it's what the most recognized term because people understand that means it's going to break down. But actually in California, you can't say biodegradable because there's no time limit. There's no, you know, everything, as I said. So compostable is really kind of the favored term because compostable has a certification body associated with it. It has to degrade in a certain condition over 120 days. So you can call something either backyard home compostable, which means it will have to degrade in a backyard compost within 12 months. And you get a certification for that or it's industrially or municipally composted, which means it has to degrade within 120 days in an industrial composter, which basically is just a much bigger, much hotter, much wetter and more oxygenated version of your home compost. So for something to break down, it needs high levels of heat, humidity, and oxygen. And that's what these industrial composters provide. So that's why we often say it's you know, that's the preferred method, but actually right now about 70% of our products are home compostable, meaning they will degrade in a backyard environment in 12 months. So that's the one you kind of want to look for. Yeah, that's the one you want to look for because of the the testing associated and the fact that it has to meet a time limit. So biodegradable are often still, uh, you know, plastic bags that have like microorganisms added to break down, right? But that could take a long time. But compostables, obviously, it's made of natural, uh, you know, plant starch. So, and it has no, um, usually doesn't have any toxic materials, isn't it? Right? Yeah. For, for example, now to be certified with the Biodegradable Products Institute, which is kind of the, the leader in the U.S. for certification of biodegradable products, you can't have toxins in your product to be certified. So. Absolutely. Um, I've seen like there's tons of like uh, innovation when it comes to, you know, creating eco-friendly products recently. Do you have any particular, you know, new products that are coming up that you're working on if you would like to share with us? Yes. So we are developing currently compostable sandwich bags that are home compostable. So like a, you know, a Ziploc seal bag that you use for sealing you know, sandwiches, fruit, veggies, etc., freezer bags. We are making that out of uh, home compostable material, so that's very exciting. And then on the same vein, we're making uh, cling wrap that is compostable. 
So that's very new. That's a new technology, which we're really excited about. We also have a technology that we're launching in the spring with our cups. So a lot of people don't know this, but a, a paper cup like that you would get for a coffee, people think, oh, that's a sustainable option because it's a paper cup. It's actually not recyclable. It has a plastic lining. And so that lining is polyethylene and you can't separate the pulp fibers from that lining. And so it goes to the landfill. People don't know this, but that makes it non-recyclable. And then you can create a compostable cup with a compostable lining, which is a lot more sustainable, but we've taken it even a step further. And we've actually, we're using a biopolymer that is kind of like already in the paper fiber. And so you can separate the pulp. There's no lining, but it actually repels moisture. So it's totally recyclable and home compostable. And we're creating cups out of this material. So it's amazing what's happening with the technology, which allows us to create all these new, extremely sustainable products, which it's just come such a long way and it's so exciting to see what's what's ahead. Obviously, there's like enormous amount of waste created by corporations, but there's also things that we can do from individual, like from our homes, uh, really small steps. Apart from using like, you know, reusable products and also trying to cut waste, like what are some steps you think we should take as a society to be a little more sustainable when it comes to like individual actions the one that gets floated around a lot that i really love and i'm not all the way there but getting closer to is eating less meat or not eating meat so by eating less meat meat production is such a drain on the world's resources from water energy etc the methane produced as well and so by switching to a more plant-based diet you are doing the planet a huge favor that's a big one <laughs> and i'm not all the way there yet but getting closer to that and i think COVID has really shown us this too but not flying as much so flying has a pretty significant impact and so flying less you know is is very helpful and then in the everyday home i think again using less plastic like just start with using less plastic and or replacing the disposable items with repurpose that kind of thing i mean it's really simple you don't have to change your whole life when you look at let's say we both have kids when you look at in the future let's say 10 years or 20 years down the line if you think about a more sustainable society what would it look like for you i see a world without plastic waste uh, that's a start i just think everybody hates it and it's going to go away eventually it's just a slow phase out i see a switch to renewables in terms of our energy sources and a move away from fossil fuels for sure i think just a different approach to like i know you're in the fashion world but just a different approach there where it's maybe a different model like rent the runway type stuff not fast fashion how can we just move everything around and not be addicted to like this throwaway culture, obviously cars that are electric and hopefully electric planes and what we think and dream about today, but that actually being an everyday reality would be amazing. What you're doing, just sort of having people talk about it and talk about what could be and what's available and what it can look like, because it actually, it is here today. Like all these things, we could do that today. It's going to take a, a minute to get there. But I think a lot of people don't even realize that these solutions are available or that are here or what they mean or how it all works. So just painting the picture and saying, here's what it might look like is really amazing because it gives people that kind of 
that vision to hold on to that, oh, wow, I didn't even know this was possible. Well, yeah, it is. And we will get there. I think everybody, we all can relate to something. For example, they could go from a plant-based angle. They're more interested in like fashion, like slow fashion. And so for you, it's about design. So every single one of us, we all have different interests. And so uh, we can take that and use that to kind of change our own lifestyle and be more eco-friendly from that point of view. I would like to actually get into rapid fire round, which is like the fun quick fire questions that we would love to ask you to get to know you a little bit. How does that sound to you? I love that. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Favorite way to relax? I like to go out to dinner. I like to go to a nice restaurant either with my husband or friends or both and family like to be just waited on. Where are you based? Uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Do you know any uh, favorite restaurant in Los Angeles? Like, you know, uh, the one that you go to, um, like a vegan plant-based restaurant? There's one that I have not been to yet, but I just want to plug because it sounds like an incredible concept. It's called Kind Cafe. Everyone that works there, I believe, has is either from the foster system and it's just a very interesting model. But plant-based cafe in LA that I love is Cafe Gratitude. It's really, really good. I like that one as well. Really nice, um, really good food there. Yeah, it's so easy. If you're in Los Angeles or New York, it's so easy to go plant-based because there's so much options there, you know, especially for working people like us. Like, you know, we can just go like a great restaurant to eat. So I love that. Go to Sunday activity. That's always with the kids with the family we like to go to the beach that's that's a big one favorite city you've traveled to tel aviv tell me what like what what did you like about it tel aviv it's just number one it's beautiful the the cultural mix is incredible the food is incredible there's amazing museums it's just it's got a great vibe must have handbag item inside the handbag um lip balm what what's your favorite emoji that you use every day? The face with the two hearts in the eyes, which I don't even know what that really means. Current favorite music artist? I, there's a lot. I would say right now, though, this has been a lot for a long time. I've loved Bon Iver. First car you've ever had? First car I ever had. Well, this is a fun story. It was a Jeep Cherokee hand-me-down from my parents who actually bought it used from the singer Brian Adams. Favorite home-cooked meal? My husband is really good at doing, I know I'm supposed to be plant-based here, but he does a roast chicken that's really good. That's always good. Who's the better cook? Definitely him. So do you you guys like share the, you know, cooking and cleaning activities or is it like just one person doing the whole thing? We've been doing a lot of uh, sharing these days. So yeah, and... I don't mind doing dishes. Yeah, but he's definitely takes the bulk of it. What's one thing about you that surprises people? I think, well, number one, I'm extremely tall. Really? <laughs> How tall are you? I'm six feet. Well, I'm 5'11", but I think when anytime I wear shoes, I'm like six feet. So that's always a big surprise. I feel like I'm pretty much an open book. What you see is what you get. That's fantastic. Well, it's, it's so interesting you say that because, you know, I would have never thought you were six feet. And it's the same thing happens to me. Actually, people think that I'm really short. I thought you, I thought you were smaller too, but are you tall? I'm not as tall as you. I'm, I'm like about five seven, but still, you know, people think I'm like five foot three or something. Maybe because of the face or something. I don't know. Lauren, I would love to ask you a couple of more questions that we like to ask every um, guest. 
Um, you know, is there anything you've read recently, watched or listened to recently, like a book, documentary or podcast that you really love and would like to recommend to our listeners? Yes, I've just been listening to, well, I listened to the audiobook and now the podcast of Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's great. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And I just, this is just a total escape kind of thing to watch, but I did just watch, it's called The White Lotus on HBO. It's great. It's really funny. And if you could advise our listeners to shift, change, or be more mindful about one small thing, you know, maybe a habit today that can lead to a more sustainable living or conscious living, what would that be? I'd have to go back to like, just like a meatless Monday or something like that. It's so easy. It's just so easy. And it, there is, yeah, cut the meat a little bit. It, it really, I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, so I'm like the last person that should say that, but I do <laughs> try to eat as much plant-based as I can and really cut the meat as much as I can. And I should be fully vegetarian. I'm almost there. I don't eat a lot of meat, but I think it, it has not been difficult for me to cut that out. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you, Alia. This has been wonderful. I really, really appreciate it and love what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode. Next week, we'll be back with another special guest. Do make sure you subscribe, download, share the link, and please leave a review to get the word out about the podcast. And you can also share on your Instagram, tag me at Alia and at Worthwhile to be featured on our page. We appreciate your support from all of us here at Worth Vibe. I'm Alia Morrow. I'll see you next week. Have a beautiful day.